0: and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, and we start with local news. A man is facing charges after authorities say he is responsible for a crash that claimed the life of a 64-year-old woman in Murray County on May 4th. Ricardo Walker, 34, has been charged in Thursday's crash that happened around 11 p.m. on Old Highway 43 and Lawrenceburg Highway. The Tennessee Highway Patrol crash report states that Walker was driving in the southbound lanes on Lawrenceburg Highway in a 2012 Dodge Challenger when he failed to travel over a curve. The Challenger then exited the roadway through a ditch, went airborne, and overturned in a field. Before coming to arrest, the Challenger struck a 1995 Ford Windstar van in the northbound lanes on Highway 43. The passenger inside the van, 64-year-old Vivian Walls, was killed during the crash. The driver of the van, a 60-year-old woman, was injured in the crash. Her current condition is unknown. The Tennessee Highway Patrol report states that neither of the victims were wearing a seatbelt. Walker has been charged with vehicular homicide. Murray County and Mount Pleasant governmental bodies have welcomed new faces into its respective finance departments earlier this year, and a new Mount Pleasant municipal judge has been appointed. Rebecca Holden, the county's youngest ever person to serve as the Murray County Office of Financial Management Assistant Director, took over the responsibility after Shifra Cox left the position last year to join the Mount Pleasant Finance Department. Cox was hired to serve as the Mount Pleasant City Finance Director. The new hires are settling into the job just in time for budget season. While Holden is the youngest assistant director for the county at 22 years old, Doug Luconin, the director of finance, was also the youngest when he was hired as director in 2017 as well. Holden has worked closely with Luconin and Cox as a senior accountant for Murray County, attending commission and school board meetings, learning budgetary practices and the process of making governmental decisions most take for granted. It's been a really great learning experience, Holden said. It was in college that Holden said she really blossomed into the leader that prepared her way for her new role with the county. Holden earned her master's degree in 2020, entering the Murray County Finance Office during COVID. Doug Laconen said she was exposed to more and more challenges, but went forward with her job relentlessly. She clearly cares about doing a great job and doing it right, Laconen said. A lot of education can be taught, but you can't teach hard work. Rebecca has both things, he said. Similarly, Shifra Cox is bringing a strong history of work ethic into her new role as Mount Pleasant's finance director. Cox originally took her leave with the county in October to work as a finance director for an out-of-state company, but a recommendation for her leadership in Mount Pleasant led her back to the governmental financial sphere. Starting in her new role on March 1st, Cox said she is learning the difference between county and city municipalities, which will require learning how Mount Pleasant's finances are set up and different in policy from the county. The challenge is to learn these things as quickly as possible, Cox said. Mount Pleasant City Manager Kate Collier said Cox's quality work is evident in her past role. I had worked with her when she was with the county, Collier said. I have seen her and she's going to be fabulous in this job, she said. Along with Director Lukonen and staff, both Cox and Holden have been tested through challenging financial times in Murray County, facing the task of helping to clear state financial audits in addition to a county strained by the pandemic and a hard-fought budget season that resulted in a $0.31 tax increase for property owners last fisc- or this fiscal year. Kevin Latta, who was also appointed as Mount Pleasant Municipal City Judge, replacing Judge Jake Wolver who had served since 2006, Collier said Lada was chosen by the county commission in December under a new judicial appointment process. Lada was selected from 11 applicants for the vacant position and was sworn in by the Honorable Caleb Bayliss, the 22nd Judicial District Circuit Court judge, in a brief ceremony on February 27th. He began presiding over the city's municipal court on March 8th. Latta previously served as both an assistant district attorney general under former district attorney Mike Bottoms and as an assistant public defender under former district public defender Claudia Jack. Most recently, Latta has served as an associate attorney at the Columbia firm of Parks, Brian and Snyder PLLC, at which he will maintain his private practice while serving in the part time position of municipal judge. The city judge handles invoices for services, making judgments on speeding tickets, property maintenance, code compliance, and similar decisions. Murray Regional Medical Center has received the American College of Cardiology's National Cardiovascular Data Registry Chest Pain MI Registry Gold Performance Achievement Award for 2023. The award recognizes Murray Regional Medical Center's commitment to providing a higher standard of care for heart attack patients as outlined by the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association. Murray Regional Medical Center was one of only 56 hospitals nationwide to receive the honor. We take our commitment to delivering rapid, state-of-the-art heart attack care very seriously and we're proud to earn this award again, said Murray Regional Health CEO Dr. Martin Cheney. The care provided to patients experiencing a cardiac emergency by our physicians, nurses, and entire heart team saves lives. Responding quickly and getting those patients into our cardiac catheterization laboratory at Murray Regional Medical Center as soon as possible is critical. And I'm proud of our exceptional door-to-balloon time average, he said. In order to receive the chest pain MI Registry Gold Performance Achievement Award, hospitals must demonstrate sustained achievement in the chest pain MI Registry for two consecutive years and perform at the top level for specific performance measures. Full participation in the registry empowers healthcare provider teams to consistently treat heart attack patients according to the most current science based guidelines and establishes a national standard for understanding and improving the quality, safety, and outcomes of care provided for patients with coronary artery disease, specifically high risk heart attack patients. It is an honor to award Murray Regional Medical Center with a Gold Performance Award for their valuable national leadership and dedication to meeting comprehensive performance measures in patient care, said Dr. Michael C. Contos, chair of the NCDR Chest Pain MI Registry Steering Subcommittee and a cardiologist at Virginia Commonwealth University Medical Center. The receipt of this award indicates that Murray Regional Medical Center remains committed to providing top-quality, guideline-driven care for heart attack patients, Their success ensures patients are receiving the highest quality cardiovascular care, he said. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimate that more than 800,000 Americans suffer a heart attack each year. A heart attack occurs when a blood clot in a coronary artery partially or completely blocks blood flow to the heart muscle. Murray Regional Medical Center's emergency responders are equipped to begin treatment immediately and relay vital information to the hospital while en route to the emergency department. Physicians and staff are then waiting for the patient and can begin treatment immediately in the cardiac catheterization lab to open the blocked vessel or, in severe cases, open heart surgery. The communication and rapid response have led to Murray Regional Medical Center's current 53-minute average door-to-balloon time, the time between a patient's arrival at the hospital to when a blocked artery is opened, according to Murray Regional Health Administrative Director of Cardiovascular Services and Assistant Chief Nursing Officer Kathy Malone. That is 37 minutes ahead of the standard time recommended by the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association guidelines, which is 90 minutes. Murray Regional Medical Center's newly renovated state-of-the-art cardiac catheterization lab features a team of expert cardiologists who work in tandem with a highly skilled and experienced team and cutting-edge technology to investigate heart conditions and perform an array of interventional procedures. You can learn more about the heart services offered by Murray Regional Medical Center by visiting www.murrayregional.com forward slash heart. Santa Fe School in rural Murray County will be celebrating their 100th birthday this year on Saturday, May 20th from 2 to 5 p.m. A parade of classes through the years will start at 2 p.m. and come through Santa Fe, down Fly Road, and by the school. Organizers are expecting many former alumni to participate. Everyone is invited to come watch the parade and join in on the fun afterwards. The event is free. There will be bounce houses, cupcakes, food trucks, guest speakers, and school tours. Once the event is over at 5 p.m., everyone who would like to can make their way to the gym for the Santa Fe Alumni Basketball game, which starts at 5:30. The cost of the alumni game is $5. I went to Santa Fe School, kindergarten through 12th grade, and I'm so excited to be back teaching here. All of my family went to Santa Fe School. My parents, grandparents, me, and now my own children, said teacher Rachel Kennedy. There really is something special about this town and this school. I feel that the school is what holds this community together. There is something we say, once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat. And that is so true. If you have ever attended a basketball game, you will certainly see that. We bleed. Black and gold here, she said. Yesterday, fast paced urgent care walk in clinic in Columbia held a ribbon cutting. WKOM WKRM's Delt Kennedy attended the grand opening and spoke with Nurse, nurse I'm sorry, nurse practitioner, Trevor Hawkins.
1: This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This morning, I am at the grand opening and ribbon-cutting for Fast Pace Urgent Care Walk-In Clinic. It's on Campbell Boulevard here across from Chick-fil-A. I'm speaking with Trevor Hawkins. She is the walk-in clinic director here, also a nurse practitioner. Trevor, tell me what all you offer here at Fast Pace Urgent Walk-In Care.
2: Uh, we offer um, urgent care. We also offer primary care services. Um, our corporation also has dermatology. We have um, ortho. We have PT at some of our other um, other locations. So we have other ancillary services also that we can refer out to if need be. And primary care as well. Yes, and primary care. So if you don't have a primary care provider, you're more than welcome to see us here at Fast Pace. If you can't get into your primary care doctor, then you can walk here and we can take care of you then too wow that's
1: fantastic now uh talk about your days and hours
2: um right now we're open on modified hours we're open eight to five monday through friday um when we get all of our staff hired and get the clinic up and running we would be open seven days a week um when those hours start we'll be open eight to eight monday through friday eight to six on saturday and one to five on sunday
1: wow that's accessibility that really is (laughs) okay for more information about uh, fast paced Urgent Walk-In Clinic here on Campbell Boulevard in Columbia or other fast paced locations around the area, where do people go?
2: Um, they can visit us on our website at FastPaceHealth.com, and we also have uh, Facebook um, that they can visit at fast Pace Health.
1: That's amazing. And again, it's Selk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, at the grand opening and ribbon-cutting for Fast-Pace walk-in urgent care, which really includes almost any kind of health care that you might need. And, uh, Trever, to you again, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Columbia State Community College recently honored eight anesthesia technology graduates in a pinning ceremony in the Wayman L. Hickman Building. Our graduates have completed a very rigorous program that has tested and challenged their cognitive abilities, their... Psych- psychomotor skills and behaviors in clinical rounds to assist with the safe delivery of anesthesia for the members of our community said sue christian columbia state program director and assistant professor of anesthesia technology several of our students have already secured employment and columbia state is fortunate enough to have incredible employers in our service region she said The Anesthesia Technology Associate of Applied Science Degree Academic Plan involves two or more semesters of general education coursework, followed by a 12-month, three-semester series of core courses designed to provide classroom and clinical-based competencies, which provide students with the skills required for credentialing exam success and immediate in-field employment. Columbia State sponsors the only accredited anesthesia technology program in Tennessee, said Dr. Kay Fleming, Columbia State Dean of the Health Sciences Division. These graduates will help continue to raise awareness of the profession and the important contribution formally educated technologists make for an anesthesia team, she said. Anesthesia technologists support the licensed anesthesia provider with the acquisition, preparation, and application of various types of equipment required for the delivery of anesthesia. Other job responsibilities of the anesthesia technologist include maintaining the anesthesia machine, assisting with vascular access and regional anesthesia procedures, troubleshooting equipment, assisting with difficult airways, performing point-of-care lab tests, and operating rapid infusers. More advanced duties might include the operation of autotransfusion equipment or intra-aortic balloon pumps. The African-American Heritage Society of Murray County announces a fundraising luncheon for the creation of an African-American museum and cultural center in Columbia. The fundraising luncheon is scheduled for Saturday, May 27th at 1145 a.m. at West Seventh Church of Christ located at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets to the luncheon are free, though a $10 donation for the catered lunch is suggested. Funds raised from this event will help establish an African-American museum and cultural center in Murray County. Joanne McClellan, president of the African-American Heritage Society of Murray County and the current Murray County historian, serves as the featured speaker for this event, Her presentation is titled Making a Way for Themselves, Faith, Family, Education and Entrepreneurship and showcases the courageous stories of African-Americans in Murray County. The event is co-sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church of Columbia. The Society's vision is an indoor museum space to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs of African-Americans, said McClellan. The exhibits and programs will include stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things to build the African-American community by establishing churches, schools, businesses, and benevolent organizations, she said. Other presenters at the event include Representative Scott Sipicki, the Reverend Father Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and Bishop Phoebe Ralph from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. St. Peter's is delighted to be a part of raising the voices and stories of resilience, success, and influence in the African-American community in Columbia, both before and after the Civil War, said Father Bowie. The experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been particularly important to the African-American community in Murray County and has played a vital role not only in religion but also in education, he said. To register for the event, you can visit www.st.peter'scolumbia.org forward slash AAHSMC by May 15th. Founded in 2012, the African American Heritage Society of Murray County is a nonprofit 501c3 organization whose mission is to preserve the heritage and history of African Americans in Murray County, Tennessee. The second annual Homestead Festival will be held June 2nd and 3rd in Columbia on Rory Feek's farm. Combining music and meaning, the two-day affair features musical performances from Rory Feek, Colin Ray, Craig Campbell, and Paul Overstreet, as well as master class lectures by prominent homesteading community leaders such as Dr. Temple Grandin, Joel Salatin, Jill Winger, and many others. You can buy tickets at www.hardisonmill.com forward slash the Homestead Festival. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Irene Wirtz Race, 79, a retired employee of Vanderbilt University, died Friday, May 5th at her home. A memorial service for Mrs. Race will be conducted on Saturday, May 13th at 3 o'clock p.m., with visitation from 1 to 3 at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help
1: gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well.
2: At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference.
1: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on.
0: For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have sun early with increasing clouds this afternoon. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. The high will reach 86 degrees today with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect scattered thunderstorms during the evening with clouds after midnight. The low will be around 65 degrees. The chance of overnight rain, 40%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to southern Middle Tennessee. Today. Family
1: first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
4: More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers' Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
1: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard.
3: Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090.
4: Oh!
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee received a state record $27.5 billion in spending by travelers in 2022, according to preliminary data from U.S. Travel and Tourism Economics, Governor Bill Lee announced in Pigeon Forge on Tuesday. Among the top 25 states, Tennessee is the fastest growing state in travel spending since 2018 and has risen from 14th to 11th in the nation for travel spending. Tennessee's travel spending total marked a $3 billion increase. That's 14% over 2021, according to U.S. Travel. Tourism is a top driver of economic growth and job creation across our state, giving Tennesseans even greater opportunities to thrive, Governor Lee said in a news release from the Tennessee Department of Tourism Development. As we celebrate another record year for tourism in Tennessee, we're committed to ensuring that our state remains a top destination for travel, he said. The leisure and hospitality industry plays an essential role in Tennessee's economy and employs over 352,000 Tennesseans. As the state's second leading industry, tourism is a significant source of tax revenue for Tennessee, contributing $1.8 billion in sales tax, state sales tax collections in 2022. The newest exhibition at Cheekwood Estate and Gardens arrived in Nashville months ago in two large shipping containers full of crates containing pieces and parts. It took trucks, boats, and cranes to get it here and teams of people putting in thousands of man hours to install it. But before any of that, it took the artistic vision of British artist Bruce Monroe to conceptualize it and bring it to light. Literally. Light. Bruce Monroe opened May 4th at Cheekwood and represents a 10-year anniversary of the last time Monroe exhibited at Cheekwood. In 2013, the massive illumination exhibition drew visitors from all 50 states and more than 25 countries. One of the centerpieces of the exhibition is Forest of Light, which Monroe originally created in 1992 and has expanded upon for the Cheekwood installation. It includes 80 miles of fiber optic cable, 51 LED light sources, 12,750 frosted glass spheres, 12,750 stems, and 51 pods and 250 stems per pod. It is only one of eight exterior installations and is accompanied by three interior displays in the mansion's main gallery. It took me 12 years to get Field of Light from a sketchbook to our field at home, Monroe said in to press. There are not many places in the world you can do it to a scale you can hear. Now it's forest of light, so it will be an entirely new experience for people, he said. In addition to illuminating the grounds and gardens at Cheekwood, Monroe said it's also about spending time in nature because, as he says, gardens are good for you. The artist remembered working in a project where he saw visitors walk into a garden and walk out at the end of the day looking different. They looked more fulfilled, happier. Being surrounded by beauty and nature is what we all need more of in our lives, he said. I think doctors should be prescribing a visit to Cheekwood. It's a lot better than taking a lot of pharmaceutical products. Hopefully, what we are doing here is adding a little bit of something positive to that already bigger story, which is nature, he said. Jane McLeod, president and CEO of Cheekwood, said during a staff walkthrough of the exhibition, she kept hearing gasps from her staffers. It's a very different show, she said. It's equally mesmerizing and spectacular. It truly is a showstopper. It's otherworldly, so it requires you to stop and take it in, she said. The exhibition is open now through October 27th. To learn more, go to www.cheekwood.org for more information. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Ringo Starr and his all-star band, made up of Steve Lukather, Colin Hay, Edgar Winter, Warren Ham, Hamish Stewart, and Greg Bizinet, have added more dates to their upcoming tour in 2023. The spring dates for the tour begin in May, and Starr will be at the Ryman Auditorium on September 24th. Ticket sales begin on Friday, May 12th. The joy for me about touring is playing live to an audience with the All-Star Band, so I'm always happy when we can add some more dates, he said. See you in May, Nashville, said Ringo in a press release. You can find tickets to Ringo Starr and his All-Star Band by going to com.